Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. I'm doing all right. It's been a little bit lonely at work because the Aww. the other dudes, and it's just it's just a, a bit more grim, and it sort of made me appreciate the importance of kind of getting on with your coworkers and stuff. But yeah, the the sort of yeah, I was back when I had a real job. I used to think like the the sort of people side of it was like the best bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, Wait, should we turn this fan off? Something? No, it'll be fine. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What about me? I have a bit of a cold right now, um, as I'm sure you can tell from my voice. So that's. It's not ideal. But apart from that, I think things are generally generally all right. What's uh, what's happening on the startup front? The startup front, what is happening? Oh, mate, so excited about the feature we shipped this week. So, you can now automatically generate a table view of your model. So you create this model, and then you can generate like a table of data that shows all the variables in your model at different points in time. I was genuinely thrilled about this. It was fantastic. Have you had good feedback from the users about this? Have well, other people uh, been equally thrilled? Or We're waiting on it. We're yeah. waiting on it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I saw your uh, investor update email, and I was like, oh, okay, you, ah, can make, yeah. you can make tables now. Was that in the investor update? It was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so the startup's going all right. So what, you, you said you had a topic for this week. I do. So um, last night, was it last night? Yeah, last night I went to a friend's birthday dinner thing. The thing is, th- this is a friend who... I'm not like individually that close to, just a sort of more sort of in the collective friendship group uh, where yeah. we're friends. And most of the people at this birthday party were sort of her friends from undergrad. Who the, Ooh, These are people her. that... Her <laughs> friends, exactly. Um, Classic. Most of these were female and were people that I had like pretty much never really spoken to. Oh, nice. Like they were sort of the, the cool girls crew from first year. At least that's how I perceived them. I'm not sure if that's... Why what, did you perceive them as cool? Um... I think I perceived them as cool because they were the sort who would, because there seemed to be a big group of them. Um, they all used to like go uh, sort of drinking and clubbing and stuff together. And yeah. it seemed like a an inaccessible like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of vibe. And therefore in my head, because yeah. I was still sort of operating on the school yeah, <laughs> agenda, yeah. that was like, oh, these are the cool guys and I'm not cool enough for them. Yep, got it. Um, so it was mostly these people at, at this birthday dinner. And initially when I was going into it, I was I had, a, had a little bit of anxiety about this because... There was like, there was going to be me and like three other medics who I knew really well, because obviously there were, there were medics at my college. And then everyone else was like pretty much a stranger yeah. to me. And so I was really thinking, right, how is, how is this chat going to work? And the affair lasted about kind of three hours long. Um, and uh, the meal the, lasted two hours. About- <laughs> 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 very good nice, nice. Um, so the meal lasted about three hours and at the end of it when I got home it got me thinking that what is this whole small talk thing and the thing that I found myself doing at this at this meal is that even though I kind of tried to avoid it the only real connection I could have with these people was like so w- what are you doing yeah and I, I, you know I wanted to be that guy that sort of just sort of just like banters and stuff yeah. without having to resort to that but given that everyone else sort of it was, it was a given. Everyone sort of knew each other already. I felt like that that was the only thing I could do to connect. And I ended up just, just kind of chatting to people at, at length about kind of their jobs and the associated stuff related to that. Ooh, the bookwork stuff. The bookwork stuff, yeah. But I think 
Like, I think it made for interesting conversation. I was, I was, I was engaged. They seem to be engaged. And that thing that Dale Carnegie says of, if you want to be interesting, then just be interested in others. Yeah. You know, there was some guy who was working at a startup. So we kind of talked about that. There was a girl who is uh, an agent for fiction, fiction, fiction author. So we were talking about what it's like to write a book. There was another one who's doing entrepreneurship work for the British Library. And I was like, oh, I'm into entrepreneurship and stuff. So I felt like on the, on the work level, I had something interesting to connect to on, with, with everyone. Um, that's really interesting. Okay, so I have, to, I have a few thoughts on this. Um, the first is a bit of a longer thing, so I think we should discuss it in a moment, which is that I'm not sure where I stand on the talking about work at social mm-hmm. events front. And so I think we should talk about that in a sec. Yeah, the other is, that, is a thing that I think I, you, you and I have spoken about this. It's, uh, well, it's one of my theories, if, I, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying. It's my theory about talking about something versus talking about nothing. Uh, you know yes. this one? Yeah, I know this one. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. Uh, I don't think we've quite explicitly... St- I'm, I'm, I'm sure we have, but do you want to re- rehash it out for Yeah, the- I think, yeah, the, the theory is essentially that there are the sort of two ways in which you can sort of talk to and connect with people. One is by talking about something. So talking about tangible topics. And so, you know, I'm sure we all have friends with whom we share interests and things. And, you know, when you get together, you often discuss these interests. You know, I have some like techie friends. And when we get together, we talk about tech and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, with some people like, yeah, you talk about work and and all this kind of stuff. And so you're talking about something. Uh, And then there are other people with whom, you know, you hang out and you don't really talk about anything particular. You're really just, you're really just talking about nothing. And I think, I think there's sort of two different modes of connecting. And I think talking about nothing is the more meaningful one. I think if, if you have a relationship in which relationship meaning, all right, basically from, from now and forevermore on this podcast, I think uh, but if I say relationship, and I think this applies to you as well, you mean like romantic relationship, friendship, like literally any kind of connection with a human I feel being. like we should call that social interaction rather than relationship because we want to talk about relationships at some point <laughs> further down the line inshallah uh, okay fine so it, it, no I really do mean relationship right like fine call it relationship for now so I think some relation some relationships are built upon talking about something and uh, others are built around talking about nothing and obviously there's, there's some middle grounds and some of a bit of both and things like that but I think talking about nothing is more meaningful because I think if from the get-go, for example, with your... Okay, yeah. So here's how we can link this back to what, what you've just mentioned. So like, let's say you are at this dinner thing. Mm. You start talking to someone. You got you launch straight into like talking about something. So it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, cool. Oh, cool. What do you do? Yeah, yeah. What college were you at? Oh, nice. Yeah, do you know so-and-so? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all this kind of stuff. I don't know about you, but if that... If in the back of my head... If that were, if that were that how the conversation, yeah. yeah. If, if that were how the conversation started, in the back of her, it would be like, okay, <laughs> when is this gonna run out? <laughs> and so there's the like, there's almost like some anxiety or fear there because your relationship is kind of predicated on talking about some things, and so it's it's not really sustainable. <laughs> okay. So I'm not sure, having had this experience yesterday, that this this distinction really applies. So. Yeah, I've, I've heard your theory before that talking about nothing is a more legit way of connecting with someone than talking about nothing. But I think I would have to disagree with that because talking about nothing is the standard definition of small talk. Whereas everyone would probably agree that with, with the statement that I don't really like small talk, everyone would probably agree with the statement. I kind of like it when we talk about substantive things that make us think. And, you know, it's in, in this podcast, it's not like we're talking about nothing. We're talking about something and we're connecting over this discussion about something tangible. We're not just shooting the SHIT about, you know, the weather or about Boris Johnson or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Even that would be talking about something. And so 
coming back to my point, well, what I'm saying is that talking about something it does not necessarily have to be the surface level. So what college did you go to? You know, what was your subject? This, that, and the other. That, I just call that book work. Book work that's eventually going to run out. The quote book work that I was doing at this dinner was more like, oh, okay, so what do you do? Oh, wow, that's interesting. How did you get into that? And then sort of asking probing questions about the thing because, and, you know, um, if I say so myself, I like to think I have a few varied interests. And so if like whether someone is talking about entrepreneurship or like a startup or like, you know, arts or like creative, you know, I have something that I can contribute on those discussions and can genuinely connect with them on a level that uh, that's me actually being interested in the thing. Yeah. Like I went to a dinner with my with 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 uh, Mimi the other day and I was sitting next to this guy. He was like 48 years old, but he had a career running five businesses, one of which was doing flower arranging for the royal family. The other one was doing garden uh, garden designs. The third was doing sort of Christmas tree decorations. These are all like artsy things. And then there was the business front that we could connect to. And I feel like most of the conversation we had over dinner was about the some things. And I think it was a great conversation. We both took a lot from it. He's going to start a YouTube channel now. Oh, no. Um, and yeah, I don't think us connecting, you know, he's, he's, he's double my age, completely different background connecting over nothing would have really been feasible. No, no, no. I feel like you are... Yeah, maybe I, maybe I miscommunicated this. My thing about talking about nothing and talking about something isn't that, like, you're not allowed to talk about any tangible topic. That's not what I'm saying. Fine. I'm saying that when the starting point of a social interaction or of a relationship is talking about nothing, for example, making, like... We'll, we'll talk about small talk in a sec, but making, like, banterous small talk with someone... If you do that briefly at the start and you, you both have a good time and you like get a feel for each other's vibes yep. and you kind of have a bit of a laugh, then launching, then getting into more of the book work, which can definitely be very interesting. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's certainly a good thing to talk about. Then that's much better because then there's, there's no longer this fear of like, oh, my God, like this entire interaction is built upon us talking about these tangible topics and like what, what happens when they run out. Then it's like, oh, cool. Like this, this person and I, we like vibe together uh, or whatever. And like we can also talk about normal things. I agree. That's the ideal. But in a low social optionality situation, like when you're penned into the corner of a dinner table and you are stuck with the person in front of you and let's say you've just joined the table, it's difficult to uh, essentially what you're saying is find a situational opener. Yeah, it's difficult to find a situational opener in 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 certain cases. Although no, you uh, you cover your up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, there was there was one circumstance. Uh, there was there was one situation yesterday where I was talking to this startup guy. His name was Jack, and sort of then the two girls in between him left to go to the toilet or whatever you know as girls do in pairs. Yeah. And he ended up sort of sitting across the table and there was a gap and then there was Jake sitting next to him. Right. And obviously I, I know Jake really well. So I was like, oh, Jack, have you met Jake? And he was like, oh, hey, I was going. And sort of Jake put out his hand and said, Jake. The other guy put out his hand and said, Jack. And then Jake was like, no, Jake. And then sort of they connected <laughs> on the fact that Jake thought that he was correcting his own pronunciation of his name. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> which, which was quite funny. That's funny. And that was, a, and they yeah. had a bit of a kind of 30 second back and forth about, oh my God, like the last time this happened to me was like someone's grandfather who was saying, he was calling me John for some reason. I, I didn't realize John was short for Jack. Yeah. Or, yeah you know, this and, sort and of what stuff. A way, what a way to, hit, to start things off. Having that like 30, 30 to 60 seconds exactly. of like banter about nothing. But the interesting thing about that is that after that, there was nothing else. <laughs> Okay, I feel like but, that's a missed opportunity no, for I agree. Jack and or Jake. I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree, it was a missed opportunity. But yeah, that that would have been ideal. But that's the sort of thing that requires there to be some sort of situation like that. It's. I guess so, yeah. I guess so. So my point is that, yeah, if you're just sitting down and you're sitting across from someone who you're like, yes, I know we've never spoken, but like, how do we really, mm. how do we really get to connect here? 
And so what, one of my opening gambits with, with one of the girls was like, hey, look, man, I don't think we ever spoke when we were in college, but, you know, we're here now. What did you study and, and what are you doing now? Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I studied this and now I'm doing this. And it sort of, it sort of talked, talked about something from that point on. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think so. It's definitely it's definitely difficult sometimes. The, the, the only thing is when I when I look back on the the interactions I've had, which I've been really happy with, and when I look back on like the characteristics of people who I think are sort of who come across to me as like super chill and charismatic, mm. it's almost never a case of like launching straight into book work. It's almost always a case of like, and, I, and look, I don't, I don't think it necessarily has to be like situational to the, the to the, like the specific thing that you're at so you know, if you're sitting across the table from this girl from college who you'd never met and never really spoken to before you don't have to like banter about nothing that is specifically related to the fact that you're both there at that dinner you can just be like you know as you're sitting down or whatever just I don't know, just make some observation about like anything just ah, any, any, any observational opener <laughs> uh just like yeah just like oh man yeah it's, <laughs> the trades <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right obviously not that i mean i don't know maybe that but what i'm saying is i think it's a lot more chill and less chill is chill is the right word it's just a lot more chill when you start off with a bit of like hey let's just connect as human beings for a few seconds here before we like get into things just just okay i'd like you to just agree that that is better than launching straight into book work Yes, I agree. As Good. long as to book work. So how does one do that then? Apart from okay, let me, let, me, let me have a think. Um, have I had any small talky situations okay. recently? So one thing that I did in the dinner that we were at tonight was as I was sitting down, I sort of made a bit of a joke about how it took ages to get there and I ended up at the petrol pump and the guy wasn't, I, I couldn't pay the petrol pump and so I'm going to be in trouble with the police or something to that effect, mm. which was, you know, not a sort of sit down and be like, hey, so what's, what's going on? It yeah. was a, sort of just a, a little bit of banter. And I feel like the host, the dad at the, were sort of st started off well by kind of making a joke about the fact that I was late to the dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like nice. That was like a good starting point, which we then connected on for a bit, quote, as humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, of, I have it. I have yeah. it for you. I have All it. All right. What's the answer? The answer is this. When you sit down or whatever, when you when you meet someone, it's like, you know, the, the usual thing is like, hey, how's it going? Or whatever. You, you ask, her, yeah, hey, how's it going? Or like you say, you. yeah, fine. Hey, hey, what's your name? At some point, one of you is going to say, how's it going? Or some some variant of that. Yeah. And that is an opportunity for... To go off script. Uh, yeah, yeah. To, to go off script. or It's basically an opportunity to volunteer arbitrary information. You know? Mm. And there, there, there's sort of two ways to respond to it, right? You yeah. can say, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. You? Yeah, I'm all right. Whatever. It, you could do that. The yep. old sort of... <laughs> Following you, the script. Yeah. What you up to? NMU. Yeah. You know, kind of, yeah. <laughs> And and that's fine as well, you know. It, I think this kind of back and forth is um, sort of necessary part of like opening mm -hmm. a conversation. But it's also an opportunity. You know, you say, "Hey, how's hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm Ali," uh, and then they're like, "Oh, hey, I'm uh, whatever. So and so, nice to meet you. How are you doing?" And then and then you can you can be like, "Oh man, the trades." <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the trades is a joke. But if you you know just yeah. say some some random thing, just having something because I found like, that in yeah. I, I found that in the few cases where I've genuinely had something funny, somewhat self-deprecating, somewhat vulnerable to share, it's it's always, it's always gone down really well. Yeah, 
like, oh man, I thought I was gonna be so late to this, but like, you know, I, I planned absolutely everything and then I just needed a poo at the last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, that would kill it. That would kill it. <laughs> yeah, just like a random thing like that, that sh- yeah, you know, it just kind of eases kind of, things up a bit. Kind of breaks the ice almost. Breaks the ice, exactly. <laughs> it's almost like we've invented that phrase. <laughs> what a phrase. Um, yeah. So, okay, so, so action points. Talk about nothing before you talk about something. Okay, but that's not really an action point. Action point is have a few vulnerable stories in the bank. No, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. You're such a twat. <laughs> that is kind of what you're saying. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having... I'm saying just be real. I'm not saying like have a bunch of canned, canned openers <laughs> that you tell at dinner parties. Don't do that. <laughs> so there's a very good book um, uh, by this guy called Tynan called Superhuman Social Skills. And in that, so he, he, this guy used to be a pickup artist and therefore sort of has spoken to lots of people and used to train people in the art of pickup artistry, i.e. making conversation in like a nice, funny way. Um, his whole thing is that, yeah, everyone says that you shouldn't have canned things, but actually you should have canned things. So w- what he recommends is that one thing that people really struggle with is storytelling, for example. And he says that literally go through the alphabet and, and create a story that starts with every letter of the alphabet. And by the end of that process, you'll have 26 stories that you can then kind of rehearse in conversation with other people and you can tell the same stories over and over again to different people yes. and refine them over time. Fine. The canned Yes, the canned yes. We thing. all have like anecdotes and stories where yep. you find yourself telling the same thing. I'm, I have nothing against that. What I'm saying is that for like the first 60 seconds of a conversation with someone, you don't need to have a canned response. If, you're, if your mindset is of yep. like just being chill and in the moment and being real and like friendly, yeah. then... Whatever, like, random thought you were thinking about earlier that day will just pop up. Or you would be like, yeah, they say, like, how's it going? It's like, oh, I'm really good. I was just listening to a podcast on the way here about, like, this whatever thing. It was like, you know, I I don't know. Just, like, you don't need a hack for that. I'm saying if you have the right mindset and the right approach and the right level of chill. You know, I would argue that the right mindset and approach is is, is sort of a hack. Wait, hang on. So I'm thinking what what I was feeling at this dinner. So... Perhaps if I'd sat down and said something like, oh, you know, I'm so glad I'm singing across from you. I was really worried I would just end up sitting with the people that I see every day. I think that would have gone down well. Yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, we haven't really seen each other. How's it, uh, how's it going? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, so this is something about going for a poo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have gone down well. But yeah, I think, I mean, do you th- I don't like your action point of like, have, have two to four canned openers that you say at okay. dinner parties. Fine. So perhaps canned opener isn't what I'm, isn't the right way of communicating it. What I'm more thinking is sort of on the way to the venue, actively think about sort of yeah, having having the mindset where, where, where because like other, otherwise it's quite hard to come up with something spontaneous. You know, if I was just, I, if I was just uh, listening to a podcast about managing and growing your team, yeah. that's not really the sort of thing. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, maybe save that one <laughs> for the second save, day. Save that one afterwards, yeah. <laughs> or if, oh yeah, we'll just, you know, uh, uh, if I if I'm listening to this fantasy audiobook and it's just gotten to a sort of a fairly standard bit, or like a, re- a really good bit, I think that'll be fun to share. Yeah, but like, because my point is that this would take some some level. It's it's useful to have some level of thinking about this before the actual event. Yeah, fine. If you want to do it, fine. But the thing is, we all do this all the time without thinking with people that we know quite well. Like when you meet your friend or whatever, it's like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, oh my oh, god, man, yeah. trades. <laughs> <laughs> just love the trains. <laughs> I don't think anyone else is going to get the joke. I don't think it is a joke. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like when you're being, when you're being like chill and sort of normal with people you're very comfortable with. Yeah. You're exchanging statements. You're, you're exchanging like a statement about like, yeah, what happened yeah. to you that day or something. Yeah. And you're not really thinking about it. Okay. I think if you can like, 
Yeah, if you can channel that sort of chill, comfortable mindset, yeah, even when meeting someone new and strange, um, you know, it'll go a long way. Okay, that makes sense. Now on to the uh, the meteor topic of small talk. Yeah, I think some people, I I, I don't know, I've, I've heard murmurings of people having this stance of like not you know not wanting to ask people what do you do. In, in like a social context. Yeah, like I mean, uh, this, was, uh, this was something that, that we talked about like 10 episodes ago where we were talk about, talking about how when we enter a social interaction, it's sort of a game to be the to be the last one to ask what you yeah, do. Yeah, it's like a, a game of like reverse chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it actually normal chicken? I think it's actually normal. Mm, I think possibly reverse chicken. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, I've, I think I've, I've talked to some people about this and some people do have like a don't want to don't want to talk about work and social things, uh, and I, I I think I might in the past when I'm when my theory was in its uh, in its infancy, I might have actually gone that far and said like no you can't talk about work you have to talk about the shared human condition <laughs> you know I might have said something along yeah. those lines, um, but I mean the fact of the matter is we spend like seventy five percent of our waking hours doing this work stuff. You know, of course you should talk about it. <laughs> Why the hell not? Why would you not want to talk about what people would do with most of their time? <laughs> I think that, I don't know, like the way I approach these conversations, it, it, it's, it's, it's in, in view of actually being interested in what people do for work. Cause I'm just interested in a, the human condition, B like what work means as a, just like, just like the world of work. Yeah. Given that I haven't experienced it at all being a medic, which is not really like a standard job. Yeah. And therefore this whole thing about that, the, you know, I was, uh, I was talking to someone else about this whole thing about like, how do you actually manage your tasks? Like, how do you actually get the work? Like who tells you what to do? You know, have you, have you got time where you're just kind of sitting there browsing like Reddit or something? Cause you have nothing to do. And she was like, no, that's not how it works really. You know, when I'm at my desk, I'm, I'm working. I was like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's, it's like genuinely interesting to yeah, 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 understand yeah. how that works. But I feel that, Let's say you've got two people working in corporate, whatever that means. Perhaps they don't have that inherent, this is novel and therefore I'm going to ask you questions about it. Perhaps to them, it's just, it feels like a medic talking to another medic, which is like, oh, so what are you doing? Oh, right. So, you know, I'm an F2. Oh, I'm an F2. I'm I'm doing psychiatry. I'm doing old age, whatever. It's sort of that sort of thing where eventually you're just going to run out because you know that there is not much to connect over, given that you're already in the same sort of genre. Uh, Potentially. Potentially. Genre of professions. And that's when people say that, oh my God, it's so interesting meeting, meeting someone who's not a medic. You know, I'm, I'm sure you hear that a lot at parties and things. Uh, actually, I haven't heard that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting to meet a mathematician. <laughs> yeah. You know, these doctors are really boring. <laughs> oh yeah, let me think about that for a second. I'm just trying to think that like, if I, I read a good quote recently. Let me find it. All right, I've, I found the quote. This 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 sort of made the conversation made me think of this. <clears throat> and the quote is uh, allegedly from Picasso. Uh, he allegedly said, "When art critics get together, they talk about form and structure and meaning. When artists get together, they talk about where you can buy cheap turpentine." Oh, what is turpentine? It's I think it's a paint thinner. Oh, it's right. that like spirit thing that you use, put your paintbrushes okay, in. So why does this remind you of that quote? This reminded me of this quote because when. When you're when you as a medic who hasn't seen the rest of the world of work is meeting someone who is a non-medic and you know partakes in the rest of the world of work, it's you know you guys aren't in the same boat, and so it's so it's more of like you can have the kind of conversation that allegedly Picasso is saying art critics have, where you talk about things in the abstract and like this kind of stuff. Whereas 
if if you as a medic met another medic, you wouldn't be talking about the medical profession no. or anything like that. <laughs> You're talking about where you can get cheap paint thinner from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah cheap exactly. blood thinner, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that rat poison. I want, I want, some, of that, I want some of that warfarin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed that you knew that rat, rat poison was, was blood thinner. Thank you. Well, I, I, didn't, I don't know why you're impressed. I mean, <laughs> I, I like to think I... Yeah. Um, but that, that's kind of my point. It's a different kind of conversation. And I'm just trying to think that, like, if I was talking to another, like, person who's doing a startup or something, we'd probably just talk about, like, the day-to-day sort of... Uh, right, what it's like running a startup as yeah. opposed to, oh, my gosh, a startup? What's that like as a sort of in it, in, in the abstract? Yeah. We'd probably talk about, oh man, how do you guys do sprint planning? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> how agile are you really? Yeah. <laughs> and so like... I want to go lean myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's all startup terminology. Um, so my, <laughs> my point was that like, I don't think necessarily... You said that the reason you thought your uh, conversation with these people was interesting... Um, was because you guys weren't doing the same thing. And so there was like interesting things to explore. Yeah, that's interesting. But it's also interesting when you are doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, I absolutely uh, love talking to other medics about where you can get rat poison from and, you know, what their placement is like sort of in great detail. Right. And that's why I think people complain that, oh, you know, when you're around medics, all they talk about is medicine because, you know, it's what we do most of the time and we all enjoy it for the most part. And it's just kind of fun talking about it. But yeah. I, I also don't don't prescribe to this like I've had it on group holidays in the past with other medics where inevitably the conversation kind of t- turns to something about medicine and then there's like a groan from someone be like, guys, we promised we wouldn't talk about work. Everyone's like, sorry. But I'm always like, kind of like, you know what? Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the rest of our lives. Yeah, we might yeah, as well talk about That's it. what I mean. Like this whole don't talk about work meme, I think is misguided. Okay. I think we can both agree on that one. Okay. Um, one other thing I want to proffer up uh, is the idea of being boring in a conversation. So I find this very interesting because like certainly in the past, I really used to think that if a conversation wasn't going well, then I was the boring one. Right. And I would sort of uh, sort of be quite hard on myself for like in a way I'd put it on myself to be the one to carry the conversation on. Yep. Uh, especially if, if it was with a pretty girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where I would think that I have to be the one providing the value here. Yeah. Um, now I sort of just lean into the fact that, yeah, objectively, I think, you know, internally, I think I'm a pretty interesting person and pretty interesting to talk to, to use that normative statement. Problematic. And so if the conversation isn't connecting that much, I'll do my best to try and make it go somewhere and to try and entertain myself from it if that completely fails. But I I no longer think of of myself as kind of being the bad conversationalist in the pair because I I treat it much more as a a two-way street. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I, I, I used to have, yeah, I think we probably have had and still have the same stance where previously I'd kind of overthink and beat myself up if uh, a social interaction doesn't go brilliantly and I'd kind of put all the blame in inverted commas on myself. I do think that's the best way to operate as long as you do it healthily. Mm. Like <clears throat> one, of the, one thing that really triggers me there's a few, there's a handful of things that trigger me, and one of them is when someone describes somebody else as boring. boring. Oh, yeah, nothing quite like oh. shakes me up. So antigenic. What does that mean? Um, it's a no. It's, it's not worth explaining. Okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah, because the thing is, yeah, like you say, it's a, it's a two way street. You can't. I, I don't see how you can say someone else is boring. I don't think there's any point also trying to assign blame in like why a social interaction wasn't 
um, you know, why two people didn't necessarily click on, mm. for example. But I just feel like I, I just feel like it's worth having as an axiom that any two human beings on this planet can fruitfully connect and enjoy an interaction together. Just having that as a starting point is like just seems really obvious to me. And so going in with the mindset of like, you know, we're both human beings. We're both like, you know, we'll find something here and just trying to find the thing rather than going in with the mindset of like, I'm trying to figure out whether this person is interesting or boring. Hmm. I'm not saying you're doing that, but I'm I'm just, it's just thoughts related to what you said. No, I agree. I think that's a very reasonable axiom. And that's sort of the way I try and operate in these situations. I like sort of just internally kind of playing playing the game with myself that if I'm struggling to connect with someone then uh, you know I see I see that from like a growth mindset perspective like okay cool yeah what can I do to change this precisely uh, rather than just kind of write it off as a, okay well yeah it's just yeah, not yeah. meant to be so how many different people did you kind of interact with sort of like yesterday seven seven yeah. seven like full-on conversations with different people yeah for varying degrees of time depending on but based on the, the the table layout essentially were there some that went like were there <coughs> sorry well what would like what were the characteristics of the ones that you thought was were like wow that was a really nice interaction were there any that were obviously nicer for you than others yeah so it was it was more a function of the length of time oh okay um the ones that I had the longer conversations with were because we were able to explore more areas and I was able to ask more questions <coughs> about the stuff that I was interested in, i.e. their work and how it related to stuff that I knew about and and whatever. Whereas the the shorter ones, we were just kind of scratching the surface, finding out what they did. And I was getting ready to probe <laughs> uh, <Right>. when <laughs> the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, police came in <laughs> uh, and the table layout kind of changed. And then, so it was, it was someone else that I was sitting next to. So that was sort of interesting. Wait. Okay, so the, the the conversation weren't cut short because you guys just it just fizzled out. They were always cut short by the circumstance. No, there was never a moment where where conversation fizzled out in like an awkward way. Only sort of maybe after like twenty minutes of chat, sort of a bit of fizzling out, and then yeah. picking up another thread and and so uh, on. Was it always one on one? Because like if you're sitting at a dinner table, there are all, yeah, there'll be like some one on ones going on. There'll be some like fours. Some yeah. Threes. So it was it was often sort of like two like like a three way almost. Okay. And that sort of, there would be a corner of the table where three people are having a meaningful conversation and, yeah. that, and so on. Yeah. Uh, a few one-to-one. So for example, when you're going up to order food, mm. you, haven't be, you haven't happen to be standing next to someone and you sort of do, do the one-on-one thing with them. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then you sit down and realize actually we're sitting on different sides of the table because yeah. the table layout has changed. Okay, well, let's move on. Yeah. That sort of thing. So like uh, the, the main thing that separated like the really good from the like the re- the really good interactions from the rest was just like you had more time to explore yeah. things together. But like also... Uh, I won't want to describe interactions as good or less good. Um, but yeah, the ones where I felt that I connected more with the person was just more because having having the time to do that. So there weren't any people who came across to you as like more charismatic. Because I I, th- I always think that's an interesting thing to try and suss out. Like why, why do some people f- seem more charismatic? Why do you feel like drawn to some people? Were there any people there who just seemed charismatic to you? Uh, yeah, there were none of the newer ones that I knew. It was, it was more like my guy medic friends who I just knew to be charismatic. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I suppose when, so for example, I met someone today at this earlier dinner that we had for the first time who who came across as very, as, as, as very charismatic. And I think the main reason for that was that she sort of, she, she, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) was that she 
actively volunteered stuff to keep the conversation going. Yes, yeah, she did. And I think that that's such a huge thing because then in a way the the pressure in inverted commas mm. was off of me to be the one to drive the interaction forward. Mm. And I've certainly been told in the past, sort of in in the recent past that or that kind of quite surprised me was that I do a good job of apparently keeping conversations going. And okay. When I heard that from people, and uh, this was at a dinner a few months ago, and other people around the table agreed, but like, oh yeah, he's, he's quite good at that. I was like, what, really? No <laughs> way. I can't, can't really? believe it. <laughs> um, because I suppose, like, in my own head, I'm always thinking that, oh crap, this interaction isn't going well. I need to do something to drive it forward. Mm. Whereas, as opposed to the other people, it's like, oh great, I can just sit back, let this guy who sort of put the conversational effort into it and ask me stuff, and then I can just kind of talk. So, in a way, it takes the effort off the other people, and I feel like maybe that comes across as charismatic. I don't know. Certainly the most charismatic people I've found have been the ones where I've had to put less effort into the interaction. Yes. Yeah, I think that I, I agree. When, when it doesn't feel like effort. I would go away from that and thinking, oh, cool. That's a, that's a charismatic person if I... Like, yeah, like... Someone to the extent that put, I have that thought process. Puts you at ease, like, very quickly, you know? Yeah. And so overall, like, I think approaching this dinner, I was, was from the sort of episode 10, not overthinking mindset of... I want to connect with these people about nothing rather than about something. Yeah. And then I found myself very quickly going into, so what are you doing at the moment? Just because yeah. without any other context, it's just, it just makes sense. Like, you know, where do you live? Who do you live with? Like, yeah. What's, what's the vibe? Um, and as, as the evening, like at the, at the start of the evening, I was a bit conscious about this. I was like, okay, you know, I'm kind of struggling to connect with these people. Oh, I, 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 I was sort of worried that, oh, I guess they think I'm boring because I'm not, because, you know, they're not having the bands with me that they would with their friends who they've known for the last seven years. Yeah, yeah. Um, then as the evening progressed, I, I sort of was quite in my element of being sort of the, the, the questioner, as it were. Okay. And okay. sharing stuff occasionally, just because I was genuinely interested in what these guys were, were doing. Yeah. And I think that's fine now, actually. Hmm. The thing about talking about something is that I don't think you really bond talking about something. There may be a few some things where, like, you'll have a... I think you can have interesting conversations talking about some things. But I think most of those do not bring you closer together. Like, in a bonding sense and a, like... Okay, what do you mean? Connecting sense. I mean, like, I can have a... You know, let's say I meet someone who is a... God, I don't know. A farmer or something. I don't know. I meet a farmer. I don't know much about farming. They don't know much about startups. We both like share, exchange interesting information about our, uh, you know, our sort of respective worlds of work. And we both find it interesting as, as a conversation. But I don't think the exchange of that information is what brings you together. Oh, I've got it. Right. All right. It's not that you're talking about something versus nothing. It's about exchange of information versus exchange of emotion. Yes. There we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is, that's the it. crux. Because I was thinking that... A lot of the very quick bonding that I've had with others has been, for example, a few of my best friends I've met where we would just happen to be sitting next to each other at like a freshers dinner or something and and like talking about the girls that we find attractive. Okay. All right. <laughs> that is yeah. a true connection of over emotion. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Rather than an yeah. information exchange, yeah. even though it is talking about something. Yeah. And I suppose if you were connecting with this hypothetical farmer and you realize that actually you had some sort of like, oh my God, that's exactly like in my own startup and like, yeah. oh my God, that's exactly like my farm. In a way you're connecting about the emotion rather than the informational interchange of how a tractor operates. Right. And so in the conversations about uh, the world of work that you had with these people who weren't medics, mm. was it like mostly efficient exchange of information <laughs> or was it like, I think it's, yeah, it's not about information exchange. I, I'd go a bit further than emotion. I, I think emotion actually is a bit too constrained. I think it's, 
something something some combination of like emotion and personality just some element of like personality and like something that's sort of unique to that person some element of like yeah personality and, and part of that is like bringing emotion and vulnerability into yeah and like the questions that i found most interesting were the the, the i found the responses to most interesting were the ones that were like okay so how does it feel to be in that position where you're trying to raise money for family and friends and like how how do you deal with that which is sort of uh connecting on a human level that anyone can understand yeah, yeah, without yeah. having without being like okay what are the ins and outs of your machine learning algorithm yeah that scrapes yep, the web? yep 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 yeah it's about i think it's about finding like the yeah the the sort of the human elements of the yeah whatever that topic. but then like this really comes full circle because this is exactly the advice that i give when people are preparing for interviews is that the interviewer doesn't really care about the facts. They care about the feelings and the vibe that you're trying that, that you're getting across in oh, your answer. Oh, yeah. Interviews are all about the metagame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I guess when it comes to approaching conversation, it's sort of having the mindset of I'm, <laughs> I want to connect with my fellow human being on an emotional level. Hmm. And sort of leading the conversation in ways that encourages the exchange of feelings yes. rather than yeah. in the interchange of information. Okay. It sounds like you had a nice evening then. I did, actually. Um, I was a bit reluctant to go to this dinner because i was like i was like oh i don't know i don't know if i'm really gonna connect with these people but then i was like you know what it'll, I, th- I think it'll be fun and yeah just approaching it from that mindset of i want to i'm gonna have fun i want to connect and yeah. not really caring about potentially coming across as being too work focused because i was like ultimately i really don't care like no one's thinking about me yeah, yeah, yeah i couldn't care less what these people think of me like to be honest at the end of the day yeah. and they're not thinking about me anyway just like all of those sort of mantras i was just sort of psyching myself up before this thing was so happening you were a bit anxious going in and then it turned out to be all right yeah. do you think this one i mean was this the first instance of that do you think like at the next such event will you still be a bit anxious about it or will you have like learned your lesson? I think I will have learned my lesson. Really? Yeah. Was this the first time this has happened or like? No, so. This is like the final straw that will break your back. I mean, I, I've never, <laughs> very good. Uh, I've never really thought about it from this sort of perspective before. Previously, when I've had these conversations with people, it's been in the context of house parties and sort of realizing that everyone has a bit of anxiety associated with going to a house party. Mm. Sort of was real, a, a real game changer for me. Like, oh my God, like everyone else is struggling with this as well and, and finding yeah, it difficult. Yeah, yeah. So now I think the more of these like post session analysis uh, analyses that I do with you yeah. and with others, the more of those just, just realizing how shared the human condition is yeah. with regards to anxiety about social oh, events. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so now even though like I have this fairly reasonable inner confidence that I'm a sort of a baller in general and can do stuff, that helps helps me get through life in a way that I didn't really have before. Like now on the social skills front, I'm actually, I'm now in the mode where I'm thinking, actually, you know what? I'm pretty good at this. No one's really caring about it anyway. Everyone struggles in social situations. Yeah. Let's just have fun. Let's just connect. I think that's a a more fun way of looking at it. And now I uh, sort of actively say yes to more of these sorts of social events, whereas previously I would have been more erring on the side of saying no. Now I err on the side of saying yes, just because it is an interesting challenge to connect with new people. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it does take a few times, like... My first, my first couple of like low social optionality group holidays with strangers, I was a bit anxious going in. But then the most recent one to Malawi, it was like, it was like you know, initially I was like the, the sort of slight anxiety kind of started of like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if I'll get on with people. And then very quickly it was like, nope, I know I can do this. I've done this before. You know, it's going to be great, kind of thing. Nice. Um, and maybe it's the same, it will be the same for you at the next dinner with cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Have you got any interesting insights of the week? I do. Yeah, something I've been thinking about recently is uh, how like 
words kind of get diluted over time and then you kind of need new words to replace them and things like that. Yeah. And I think a couple of words that are now over diluted, the main, the main sort of word for me these days is exciting. And I think you are partly responsible for why this word, word is so over diluted. Yeah. Uh, you, you I use, use exciting very well. Extremely like, liberally. It's, I think people use it as like a filler term to, I actually hate it. It's 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 used as a filler term to like as opposed to hmm what as opposed to the 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 sound hmm like if you're saying like oh exciting as a sort of a tell me more thing if you be like yeah. oh my god I had the best bit or, or, or yeah just like sick thing happened I'd be like uh, I'd be like oh exciting the reason the reason I don't like it is that there's almost always a mismatch excite you know the word exciting is quite a strong word you know mm. and there's almost always a mismatch between how strongly the person actually feels about the situation versus like the word the word exciting like every time someone's like oh exciting and like you know there uh, there have been lots of previous podcasts where i'll ask you how your week's been and you'll say oh do 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 and uh this and and da 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 so that's exciting and like you're clearly not excited about it you're just like using this as a filler word to seem like upbeat and positive or something yeah and like loads of people do this and so i think exciting is uh exciting is cancelled uh i think the word passion i i, I cancelled the word passionate around oh i hate the word passionate yeah around <laughs> the time of like writing personal statements because yeah. it was such a meme you know of yeah. like oh i've i've been passionate about my subjects since a very young age kind of thing <laughs> this is what mimi still does a lot of she's like what are you really passionate about like, come on what does that mean <laughs> yeah yeah so i think passionate is passionate was cancelled a few years ago i, I i'm cancelling exciting what well, uh, do you have any words these days that, that need to be cancelled I sort of think the words the words stressed should be cancelled, but I think that's but that's a, for other reasons. That's for other reasons. That's right. Like, should be cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do a podcast about that. Definitely, I think yeah, but I, think, I feel that like we, we should have someone else on the podcast who is sort of wants to wants to be the defender of stress, yeah, yeah. as a concept, <laughs> rather than just the two of us kind of like circle yeah. jerking and <laughs> echo chambering one another. Yeah. Um, do you have an insight? Otherwise, we'll read out a review and call it a day. Yeah. There was an insight I came to, and that was after listening to this uh, Farnham Street podcast episode, which was all about sex. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good one. And, the, and sort of, there was a time uh, j- just recently, just a few months ago, where I just I just ha- hadn't really actively combated the childhood uh, sort of societal norm thing that I had, that talking about sex was a, quote, bad thing. Yeah, it used to be really uptight. And it was only re- sort of... After, after having like a frank conversation about this with a few friends where I sort of shared my view that, oh, I think talking about sex is a bit crass. And then they were like, okay, hang on. You mean me? No, I, no. I've had this conversation. No, no it wasn't actually. Many times. Oh, okay. uh, I, I don't think you, you you have to the same extent. It was okay. it was like this other group of friends. And after that, it was sort of like almost immediately, I realized that, oh, wow, I've just been sort of peddling yeah. this narrative in my own head yeah. that talking about sex is crass even though it really shouldn't be at all. Yeah. Um, and listening to this podcast made me appreciate just like, I think had I listened to this podcast maybe six months ago or a year ago, I would have felt more triggered by it. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. But now I was just like, okay, cool. This is great. And it sort of made me think the, back to that, that, that idea of sort of like strong ideas loosely held. Mm. <laughs> um, and I definitely had a strong idea that talking about sex was crass, but it was, it was very loosely held. And I, I actually think most of my ideas now are so loosely held that if, you know, someone came up with a counter argument that I felt was reasonable. I'd be yeah. more than open to changing my mind on that. Oh, that's really so. Good. Yeah, that was a little insight that I had. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool, and we'll link that particular podcast episode in the in the show notes if anyone wants to hear a podcast about sex. Nice. And for this week's review, uh, this comes from Premed Boy. 
uh, from Australia. <laughs> uh, Pre-Med Boy says, this really reminds me of how much I enjoy discussing about real-life situations occurring in the world with my sister. Being able to listen to a podcast that wasn't prescripted, uh, uh, pre-scripted is what makes a great podcast as it illustrates the creativity and honesty of personal opinions. I listen to these every morning when I take the bus to uni. Don't stop this. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Pre-Med Boy. Keep listening. Um, yeah, it's just nice to hear that, like, yeah, I particularly like this one because I want this podcast to have like a homely vibe, and it's nice that kind of this kind of reminds homely but not easy listening. <laughs> homely, yeah, exactly. Homely but stimulating, and I, I like. I really like that this sort of reminded pre med boy about um, yeah conversations he's had with his sister. So that's nice. Um, cool. That's it for this week. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>